Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Station Tapes. I'm your host, Lewis Marks, and I'm broadcasting for the first time from our new location. This week, I had the chance to sit down with Dr. Jordan Van Hemert. He's a Korean-American saxophonist and composer, lauded for his skill as a modern jazz improviser. I saw this quote from journalist and historian Scott Yanow, simply stating that Jordan's piece, Autumn Song, could eventually become a standard. I praise indeed. Jordan's recent release, I believe in 2020 or 2021, is titled I Am Not a Virus, a very direct statement about discrimination against Asian Americans that is prevalent in our society. And of course, this has increased as we face the global pandemic. Jordan's follow-up album, Nomad, is due out April 15th uh, on the respected Origin Records. I spoke with Jordan about the music, but mostly we talked about the history uh, of Korean music. I learned a lot about that. You know, we all have some, maybe not misconceptions, but very simplified conceptions of uh, music from uh, different different regions. So it was really interesting to dig into that with him. Uh, and also, he, we talked a little bit about the politics, the, the social politics of, of what it means to be an Asian American in, in the United States today. So dig in. I hope you enjoy it. And thanks again for listening and or watching. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, today, uh, I am I'm off in a new direction, and I have the uh, wonderful pleasure of meeting with a gentleman who sent us a very interesting project, and we're going to talk about not just music, but also uh, life and maybe a, a little bit of sociopolitic in the process of this interview, I hope. Uh, I'd like to welcome Dr. Jordan Van Hemert to the room. Jordan, how are you? Lewis, I'm great. Thank you so much uh, for having me. It's a real pleasure to be talking with you today. Excellent, excellent. Uh, first off, where are you? I am in Columbus, Georgia. I teach at a school down here at Columbus State University. Columbus, Georgia, near Atlanta? Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, we're, we're like a hop, skip, and a jump away. We're like, uh, I think, a little bit over an hour and a half away. Gotcha. Great, great. Yeah. Uh, there's so much rich history in the South, old and new, uh, and so I'm always interested in finding a new place. How did you make your way to Columbus, Georgia? Well, um, there is a wonderful school of music down here, the Schwab School of Music, and uh, I am, you know, really proud to join the, have joined the faculty uh, on the at the Schwab School last fall. Um, so finding myself. Um, moving very far from where I was before uh, in the Midwest. Mm. And um, just here and like you said, a, a place with a lot of history and a, and a lot of um, a lot of culture. Excellent, excellent. Um, I, I wanna, so to, to tell the audience, um, you had a debut album out, um, I think last year. Yeah. Uh, correct? Uh, and, yeah, and, last and it year. Was, and I think this sets the, sets the stage here. Uh, titled I am not a virus is that correct that is correct yeah I am not a virus um, so you know for those who understand that you can you can read into that uh, immediately uh, and and I want to talk about that a little bit but today I think we're gonna we're gonna talk uh, about Nomad which is upcoming you have a release date for this yeah Nomad will release April 15 2022 excellent April 15, I am making the note for our editors um, have this ready. Um, you title this as a new approach to Korean folk music. 
and we mm -hmm. can dive into what that means. But I think we, I think for for our audience and for people in general, I'd like to go back to first the what is the definition of Korean folk music? If you can sort of set the a little bit for us to tell us tell us what that means. Sure. Well, when I'm really talking about Korean folk music here, I'm talking about all of the so-called vernacular music of Korea. So there are a lot of different kinds of songs um, associated with Korea, and um, it, it is kind of a it's a beautiful you know history uh, that has um, music for a lot of different situations. Um, there are early Korean pop songs, and I, th I think you, you, know, you kind of see the outgrowth of those songs with today's K-pop. Interesting. Um, yeah, but then, but then there are also a lot of other songs that were written for various purposes, like one of the, uh, one of the songs on the album um, is a song that mothers would sing to their children during the Korean War era and during, uh, well, during Japanese uh, occupation. And so uh, there are a lot of different uh, songs on this record. Um, so when I really mean Korean folk music, I think what I'm what I'm really referring to is just um, just the music of Korea. And I think hmm. between all of you know what is American music, what is American folk music, right. um, what does that sound like, and and um, what is the American classical sound? What what are all of those things? And and really, what I'm talking about is outgrowths of um, the culture of the Korean Peninsula. Interesting. I mean, it's interesting to, to, to draw that parallel with American folk music because what it, what it really is American folk music. I mean, I don't think that we can, most Americans, I don't think, can distinguish between commercial American music and American folk music. It's, right. been, it's been a long time that it's just been part of the commerce and the, and the trade, although it's there if you dig for it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you say Korean folk music, uh, there's some element of actual actual folk music where mothers singing to their daughters or things that would happen at a wedding, the kinds of things that anyone might play. Absolutely. Yeah. That's again um, the vernacular music of Korea, like music of the people, music that you hear around. Mm -hmm. um, I was in Philadelphia playing an event for the Korean Cultural Foundation there. And um, we played some of the songs actually that are on this record. And um, afterward, uh, at a um, at the, the after party, um, we were all hanging out and, and eating food. And um, there's a piano. We were in a church basement, and um, one of the the people, Lisa Sung, uh, on the record, um, she tapped me on the shoulder and said, "We need to to go play." And and um, we were we ended up playing some of the songs from this record and and uh, performing for the just the people who were hosting us and uh everybody started singing along ah there it is that's how well known these songs are mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that that everybody knows um knows the words and singing along is just is is a really really natural um kind of reaction to that and i think that to me um, really gets at the heart of the matter, which is that this record is is for um, for people to hear that music and and kind of think of times in their life when they may have heard it a lot mm -hmm. to introduce the music to a new audience, uh, like an American jazz listening audience, 
but then also to take these things with seemingly disparate influences and bring them together. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll move on to the, to, to the jazz in a moment, but I do want to note that we've, we've already uncovered for, for those, for, I, and I learned this today, um, that what we view as, what we hear of K-pop, uh, which is which is a which is a global phenomenon, uh, isn't just uh, some you know current twentieth twenty first century manufactured music. It has it has roots. Yeah, and old school like when you think about like old school Korean popular music, um, it it has roots dating back to when American popular music uh, kind of originated in this country. And and I think when you you know, we're seeing some of the same or at least the similar um, kind of technological um, forces at work. The um, the result is that we get recordings. Synthesizers, uh, we, and, you mean, and, 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 and loops and things like that, you mean? Synthesizers, loops, but I'm even talking about the recording technology itself hmm. um, and the ability to transmit this information uh, far quicker than it had been able to... Uh, to, to be transmitted before. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning of, of, of this, um, of, of the de- description of Nomad, uh, I want to read a little bit of that, this because there's something caught my, my eye here. Um, uh, Nomad is a journey of self-discovery using the music of the jazz tradition and the tradition of Korean folk music as vehicles for narrative self-inquiry. I'm going to make a mental note of that and come back. Uh, the album's nine tracks reflect my Korean heritage as well as my upbringing in the tra- tradition of jazz. Excuse me. Uh, progressing through a journey of Han. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yep, Han. Yeah. Uh, a uniquely Korean word reflecting a generational pain that stems from Japanese occupation that is built into our DNA and language. In English, it is said that birds sing. In Korean, we say that birds cry. There, first of all, it's a beautiful paragraph, and I'm and I'm I'm fascinated because uh, I often. Uh, first of all, I, I, I think that we live in a world uh, where we where we where we lose stories. Yeah, we don't really. You know, America especially is built on abandoning your previous story and starting a new one. And well, yeah, and that certainly is the the whole melting pot metaphor, right? Mm. Well, it's supposed to be a melting pot, so all the ingredients are still supposed to be there. But but I I think that's overused. I think a lot of times we I do too. abandon the past as if it doesn't exist anymore and start over again, and then we find out later uh, that that we have a lot of work to do. Yeah, absolutely, we do. And this 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 album and this and and these words that you've written are are part of that work. It seems so. It's not just self inquiry. It's sort of uh, the larger self. Uh, well, yeah, and in a way, that's one of the things that I was aiming to do with "I'm Not a Virus." Hmm. Uh, I wanted people to know what it what it was like to be Asian American in 2020. I didn't want people to forget no. because you know what we did forget, and what I talked to a lot of my students about is. You know, have you heard of the Chinese Exclusion Act? You mm-hmm. know, and and mm-hmm. I see raised eyebrows, and um, and that's certainly no fault of anybody else's, but our memories. 
we you, lose can you elaborate on that for me for me because i'm i'm the, the words make sense to me but i'm but i'm i'm also drawing a blank right now on the chinese yes yeah, so, so the chinese exclusion act was a period in american history where the uh, chinese uh people uh were prevented from immigrating to the country and not only that chinese people who were already here chinese nationals were prevented from moving towards citizenship hmm. um and it was a long time and there that kind of xenophobia really really fed on the insecurities of the american people at that time mm -hmm. so if we think about it people are like oh it's chinese exclusion act that was so long ago um but really mm. the chinese exclusion act lasted from 1882 to 1943 wow and yeah it's a lot more recent than than people think of um and in reality those xenophobic acts that prevented the immigration of people from multiple asian countries um, those didn't go away until shortly after the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was passed in 1965 when, when there was immigration reform. And that's why you see such a huge wave um, of, of immigration after um, that act is, is repealed and we see such a large wave of, of new people coming to this country. And it's funny how persistent, how persistent the, uh, the, xenophobe, the xenophobes can be uh, yeah. In in you know the 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 fear seems to regroup uh, and and come back in in a very powerful way. I think that we you know often when we make progress, we like to think that it's universal or unilateral or uh, you know and and everybody's on board. But um, you know things can be harbored and fester and then come back again. And I, and I think that's what you're addressing here. We're in the wave of that. Um, absolutely in my lifetime i think 9 11 was was the beginning uh or a new beginning yeah. uh for yeah. xenophobia um you know and i think it's it's obvious not maybe not talking to someone on the street but it's obvious in our actions We're like well let's attack large parts of the world now uh you know um yeah. but but i do believe that that what you're doing here uh and that music uh, uh w with it uh, or as 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 the method uh, is a very positive path to getting people to understand uh, and sort of you know you don't unilaterally or or universally change someone's change everyone's mind. It's, no, <laughs> it takes it takes a process, and this is part of that process. Um, Absolutely. Can I can I ask you personally? I mean, just as one example, I don't want to I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole here, but. Can you give me a, tr a standard example of how someone might treat you uh, casually on the street that, that indicates that they are uh, discriminating against you? Sure. Casually on the street, it's difficult uh, sometimes to see. Um, but it's, it's a lot of the things. It's, it's in a, lo a lot of these little things, right? Um, and for the listeners who might not be familiar, we call a lot of these things microaggressions. Yeah. Um, and so these behaviors of people, um, maybe they're not the overt racism that we think of when we think of the um, civil rights era America, but they, they are um, forms of racism that lead to the dehumanization of a group of people mm -hmm. um, and, and dehumanization through stereotypes. So for a couple examples, um, really simple ones, so um, besides the obvious, uh, 
you know, people telling you to go home or go back to China. And again, I'm not Chinese, right. but right. to me, what a lot of people, you know, what a lot of people see when they see an Asian person is automatically, okay, that person's Chinese. Um, so that's that's one thing we don't we get to we get typed as a monolith. Um, we we are only allowed to be one thing, um, and so uh, so there's that. Uh, other behaviors, yeah. When you're walking down the street and people are friendly and saying hey, um, and then people just avoid eye contact with you and like walk to the other side of the street, um, that happens uh, pretty often. Um, then there are people uh, who I think in a lot of different ways, um, they think of, uh, for example, um, a, uh, people from Asian countries eating things that would be unseemly to American uh, palates. Right. So, for example, uh, you know, saying that, and, and these are not like normal things. They're like, oh, yeah, you guys all eat dogs over there. Yeah. It's like, well, no, this largely frowned upon in, in modern Korea. And, and um, it's not really as much of a thing. And, and maybe it, you know, was a long, long time ago. But also the, all of these things, uh, they work to dismantle paths to understanding. And right. when you stereotype somebody and when you um, maybe call somebody a slur, which happens, um, you you put a barrier down um, in front of them and you say this you're not allowed to be human because of this you're not you're you're I want to be far away from you because of this and and realistically I think what we've seen especially in this COVID era resurgence mm. you know is a lot of well I can't go near you I'm gonna get the uh um, I'm going to get the virus. And, and um, like I, when I was going to the grocery store early in the, uh, in the onset of the pandemic in March, 2020, there would be people who um, would back very, very far away from me in the line for the grocery store. Um, and I'm talking like not six feet, I'm talking way more than six feet. So, um, and then they whisper to each other and they, you know, they think I can't yeah, the, hear them. But. The equivalent of moving your purse to the other side when, when you see a black man, right? Just this little subtle. That's right. You know, that's, that's yeah, those are exposing, so, exposing their ignorance and their fear. Uh, yeah. Well, mm. and, and again, fear, especially when it's weaponized like that, yep. is a very, very powerful and destructive thing for any society that deems itself to be um, embracing of, of other, um, of different identities. 100%. I like the stories and I like the music because, um, it's clear when we have a conversation like this, uh, or we have a, a, a national dialogue or we enact laws, it, it often doesn't have the in, intended effect. The real solution is, yeah. uh, enjoying common things, understanding stories, uh, and, and, and learning, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, I, I want to I talk about the music. Um, sure. So, who, first, let's start with, who, who, are your, who are your jazz inspirations? So, let's, <laughs> let's bring it over to the other side, and then we'll meet sure. in the middle, so to speak. Absolutely. So, um, I'm a saxophonist. 
And uh, as a saxophonist, some of my heroes are Dexter Gordon, uh, John Coltrane, and Sonny Rollins. Um, I'm really, really into um, learning from the, oh, and Joe Henderson. Um, and, and so I'm really into like learning um, from those traditional masters of the, of the music and, and was brought up with an, a, like a really sincere fondness um, and appreciation for um, the, the masters of the art form, not only at face value, like for, the, for what they did and their recorded output and non-recorded output and their compositions, but also for like the process of what they were doing when they were doing it. So uh, I believe that every jazz musician, uh, especially those who came up through the jazz tradition, um, and, or, or what we would call the jazz tradition, right. um, is an innovator. And if you, I, I think there are a lot of really great examples of this, but if you look at Miles Davis, for example, mm-hmm. Miles' playing from the beginning of his career to the end is, is so different. Um, and it shows that he's constantly growing, constantly evolving. Like he's looking at the things that are happening around him. And um, so I draw inspiration from all of those artists. And Herbie Hancock is another example. Mm-hmm. Um, I draw inspiration from all those artists and their, their music for sure. But also the, like what they were doing and the kind of people that they, they were. And, and uh, in the case of Herbie and Sonny uh, are. Um, and so I think there's just a lot of like really amazing like inspirations um, and inspiring musicians uh, who are people like you and me, uh, but who are constantly striving uh, for a higher plane of consciousness and existence. They're constantly striving to be their best musical selves and, um, and to make an impact on the world around them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it's it's. I mean, thanks to some of the leaders, uh, you know, from the '50s, '60s on, uh, and maybe before that. I'm just not as informed. Um, it's almost built into the genre or into the idiom and into the style, right? To 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 seek and explore and try to move. Absolutely. Um, I you know in listening. Um, you know, I, re- I read the beginning and, and I begin to listen to, to this album. And, you know, I'm going to, I say this and people always give me a hard time for saying it, but I, I don't, I don't play. I don't really understand music. Um, <laughs> I, I have a, I have a fan's understanding of music. Um, but I, but I guess I was surprised um the everything seemed melodic and 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 um do i want to say logical like i i could feel <laughs> where it was going um is 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 that the jazz side is that the korean side or is that where they meet in the middle i think it's a little bit of both um to me when i hear the album like way out west by sunny rollins uh which is one of my favorite saxophone uh bass and drum trio recordings when I hear that record, when I hear Sonny play, things sound really, really uh, logical and melodic in that album. And you can hear him like tran- like transposing ideas and going through. In a lot of different ways, I feel like um, Sonny plays like a composer um, mm-hmm. in that he's constantly like working on developing musical material, but he's doing it in real time and, and it's improvised. And that to me has always been one of the coolest things. 
But um, a, a lot of it does come, the, a lot of the melodicism does come from the Korean side of the album, um, which in, is to say that um, in Korea, the, like a lot of the, the music is, um, it's vocal um, and it, there's not a lot of harmony. Like there's like, it's, there's not harmony like there is in, um, in, in the West. Like it is, um, for example, one of the styles that I, I reference is called consorti. And it's um, usually just a singer and a percussionist. Um, and that's it. And, and, or at least that, you know, is a traditional configuration. There are other instruments that play, but um, they don't have the melody accompaniment, like, like homophonic texture that we think of in, in Western music. And to me, that was really fascinating because to me, what it does is it makes the melody like really, really poignant. Um, and when you listen to songs um, from this uh, style of Korean music, that at least that particular style, um, to me, the melody is really raw, it's emotional, and mm -hmm. it's really intimate. And um, I really wanted to take that and bring that into focus uh, when I rendered these songs uh, for um, uh, in a in kind of a jazz context. Fascinating. That that, that makes sense to me. I, I'm also uh, fascinated by how the tempo of a saxophone has like the, all you know. You 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 take your time. Uh, there's a very gentle. Uh, it seems tempo on so, on some of these, and uh, mm -hmm. that that of that gives me the time to understand it and and to and to feel along with the music. Uh, you know, I'm not always uh, up to the energy level and speed of some uh, modern saxophonists, <laughs> so I appreciated that. Uh, and I love. I, players like the kind of player that you're mentioning mm -hmm. um, and certainly like in a different context would even see myself um, playing in a similar vein. But mm -hmm. the, the fact of the matter is, um, you know, when I think about these songs, it's really important for me to bring honor to that uh, musical culture and, and what the, and, and not just say like, okay, here's a folk melody and now I'm going to play like, um, train changes over it and and while that is well and good to me the way that the those songs manifested themselves in my own consciousness and the way that I wanted to honor them was that I wanted to I set out to do this record and I, I wanted to take my time with it I really wanted to like um, let the melodies evolve I wanted to use harmony and use the harmonic choices that I was making um, I wanted to let those harmonies illustrate um, the melodies and also the um, the lyrics and of the songs. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was like paying respects to this very like non-Western way of functioning, mm -hmm. right? And 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 it's really pretty um, to me. It's something that is was really important about making the record. And I'm fully aware that it might not be some people's like cup of tea and that's okay. Um, but the statement that I really wanted to make was that here I am and I'm both Korean and American. Yeah. And I want to respect both of these traditions that I love so dearly.
Mm. B- beautifully, beautifully said. And I, and I think that um, what's great about this is that um, if you didn't read any of this, uh, a, a listener didn't read any of this or, or, or watch and, and hear the message, uh, the intent behind it, um, you could just put it on and enjoy it, you know? Um, yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's quite delightful and, and, uh, and uh, I, I don't think simplistic, but it's, um, but it's accessible to, to, a, to a person who's not going to, you know, analyze it. And, the, and that sometimes is the, is the best because, you know, mm-hmm. that mental analysis of the music uh, often gets in the way. Uh, at least for me, of the feeling sometimes, you know. Yeah, and I think we can sometimes, as jazz musicians, we can get that way with harmony. Um, And to me, I've always kind of seen harmony as a vehicle to express emotions and to paint a bigger picture of the emotion of a piece. And so uh, when I think about, you know, harmony can be, some people can use it kind of arbitrary, but like anything else, it's a tool and it's a tool to express emotion and express yourself. And, um, and I think that when I, when I, when I think really deeply about, you know, about where the music came from Mm. and, um, when I think about what the blues actually is, for example, um, Mm. that, that to me, you know, the, the, the harmony, you know, of the blues and the, the like Bob harmony um, and all of the other harmonic developments through, you know, throughout the music's history, you know, and present. um, I I think those things, they're to tell a story, Mm -hmm. you know, they're to, they're in, in. They're to tell these, these story. Because it is absolutely the same the, story that we all have, right? Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I think sometimes um, I never wanted to lose the story. Um, I never wanted to bury that story in this record. I wanted to bring it right out front. Beautiful. Well, um, for 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 those that want to dig deeper, I, I've I've seen. Uh, I mean, your 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 resume or your bio is Im- impressive. Uh, played with some of some of the top people in the game, and I see that. Uh, Scott Yano uh, has had praise for you, and I have a lot of respect for his uh, broad understanding of of jazz and music in general. Uh, over time, he doesn't he doesn't run with trends. <laughs> he's, he's, he takes a long view. Um, well, I want to I want to review here. So we're talking about April fifteenth for Nomad to come out, and do do you want to let people know where they can find that? Sure. Yeah. Nomad uh, will be available uh, on April 15 on Origin Records. Uh, and you can find uh, the, the music. Um, it'll be via digital download and then physical CD. And I'm selling those on, I'll be selling those on my website. Great. Um, JordanVanHemert.com. That's just my name. Uh, and then also, uh, it'll be available on Spotify, Apple Music, all the usual suspects uh, for streaming. Um, and really, honestly, uh, I'm just I'm really, um, really excited to get this music out here and to share um, a part of 
a part of Korea that people don't really think about or, or see very often. And um, I mean, people really honestly recently just started seeing, you know, Korea as different from China and Japan. And by, by recently, right. what I mean is within the past like 40 or, or so years. Um, and now that we get to have like this um, defined national, I, you know, identity, mm. um, I'm really proud to show people the musical side uh, through what I do. And, and how would you suggest um, that, that, you know, once people uh, dig in here, uh, you know, I'm curious, what, you know, where would I go next? Uh, you know, we live in a world of scattered information. Uh, sure. So, you know, the idea with the Internet was you're going to just do all your own research and you'll, you'll find the truth. Well, <laughs> we, all, we all can see how, the, how difficult that actually is. I mean, thank, thankful, I'm thankful for Wikipedia and, you know, places that, that, that aren't sort of caught up in the, in, the, in the politics of it. But where would someone go next to learn about, uh, about Korea, about Korean music and culture? Yeah, there, that's a, a really great question. Um, there are a number of, I think, pretty brilliant Korean musicians on the, on the scene today. Um, Jihai Lee is a really amazing composer, and she has her um, big band, uh, her jazz orchestra that uh, is active currently in New York City. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so her, she brings a lot of Korean cultural influences into her music. Um, I would suggest also looking at some of the different Korean cultural centers around our country. So like the Korean Cultural Society of Boston, L.A., uh, New York. Um, these are, and the Korean Cultural Foundation of Philadelphia, actually, also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, these are a lot of really great sources for information uh, and the places that will that are actively working um, toward uh to, to telling these stories and, uh, and preserving the culture. And then lastly, speaking of storytelling, um, there's a really great uh, organization called Korean American Story. Uh, and they are, um, they are, they preserve uh, the story of Korean Americans uh, in our diaspora um, through oral histories. Um, ah. And so they are currently active in taking a number of oral histories um, from people who are alive from all over the spectrum of, of um, backgrounds. And, uh, and so that's a really important uh, organization as well. Um, I would say those organizations getting like getting to know those organizations will take you to a whole myriad of different uh, other organizations um, that are all working toward the same goal of telling, illuminating, and elaborating on the Asian American story uh, in, uh, you know, as, it, as it lives here in the present day. Fantastic. Now, I've got my homework. Uh, gl glad to hear you say Origin Records. Uh, you know, be remiss if I didn't say congrats to, uh, to John Bishop uh, out there. That's Origin, right? John Bishop? Yeah, John Bishop. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, we've we've connected in the past through uh, my good friend Brian Hurst at SolonJazz.com. Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, all people, uh, you know, fighting the good fight, if you will, uh, bring, bringing bringing these kinds of wonderful projects uh, to the front. Doctor, Doctor Van Amert, <laughs> uh, how often do people call you Doctor? 
my my students do pretty regularly um but i tend to like if i'm just talking to other people i i usually go by my first name because i think um i usually like to uh I, I'm not very self-aggrandizing, and so I usually like to just let my music speak for itself. <laughs> there, it goes. there it goes. Well, I want to thank you so much for, for not only um, taking the time to dig into this and to, and to bring uh, this to light, but, but also to spend time with us and break down uh, what it's all about. Um, hopefully, uh, people uh, are uh, edified and, and know a little more. And I know for myself, I'm, I've got, uh, I'm going to go down that, that rabbit hole and understand more about Korea, about Korean music. And, uh, as I listen, so April 15th, Nomad, uh, Jordan Van Hamer. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lewis, uh, for your interest in the project and for, uh, letting me talk with you about it. It's just really exciting to share the story.